Good morning. Everybody good today? What have we been teaching on? Prayer. And we've been talking about effective prayer, and uh, it's a subject that's necessary. And so I actually have two sets of notes today, believe it or not. And so in getting ready today, um, there's obviously a lot to teach on in this subject. And so uh, turn with me to Ephesians, the sixth chapter, actually Matthew, the sixth chapter. Now I know which ones we're going with. Matthew, the sixth chapter. And uh, these can be real enlightening. You know, as Christians, we can think, oh, well, we know about prayer because we're connected to the living God. And really, prayer um, is, there are things to be learned. And if you haven't been here the last couple of weeks, I encourage you to go back and listen online for free um, or pay us, but it's still free. But um, it, it would be good for you to get caught up and maybe even listen again, because sometimes we have ideas that are... Um, could use maybe some adjusting and, and they would help us if we could see correctly because we have noticed God wants us to pray and God wants us to get answers to our prayer and his answers are not like, no, I don't want to do that for you. And so I would encourage you to go back and listen, but there are different things that kind of are out there, religious ideas about prayer. And so we're going to look at some different things to effective prayer. Every believer should uh, be praying and, and not for like a rule like, oh, you better pray for an hour, you better do this. But we should be communicating with God because communication with God and praying to God brings results. Are you with me? Prayer is supposed to bring results. And so we're going to look at some of these things in Matthew, the sixth chapter, is where we're going to start today. And Jesus taught a lot about prayer, and there are many things in the Bible about prayer. And I think there's things we could learn. And sometimes, you know, believers, not maybe nobody here, uh, but some believers, at times, maybe we've all fallen into this trap, um, picked up some bad habits along the way of prayer, and we may not even know we have them. Are you with me? Uh, you ever been around somebody, you know, who has certain habits, and maybe you grew up and you weren't allowed to have that habit, like at the kitchen table, or, you know, eating, you were supposed to eat with your mouth shut. Anybody ever been taught that? Somebody's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And others are like, you hear it. Keep your mouth closed when you're chewing. Don't talk with your mouth full. And, you know, you can just get used to that. And then all of a sudden you're hanging out with your friends and they all chew with their mouth open and you're like, what are you doing? I see a lot of heads going like this. You just don't want to raise your hand and go amen right now because everybody will be like, who is that? But it, it, there's some truth in that. We learn some things that we carry on later into life and others think, well, what's the big deal? What do you mean there's an issue with chewing with your mouth open? You don't. You could do it however you want to. I'm just saying some people are taught different things and um, I better leave that subject because I could tell people are like, ooh, but whatever. But uh, we can have habits or adopt things that we don't know that kind of can affect us in a wrong way. And we have made this statement, and without hearing the context, somebody might go, whoa, wait a minute. The, we said this, 
prayer is more on us than it is on God. And I know that sounds weird to people. That's why I said, you know, saying that on its own can be like, whoa. Meaning this, God has done so much already. And we really, prayer is really us lining up to receive from God. Are you with me? So that's more on me than on God. But most people approach prayer as though it's all on him. But notice what Jesus said here in in Matthew 6, verse 7, and we'll start here. And when you pray, do not use vain repetition. First thing he said, don't use vain. Now, we don't use words like that, or I don't. I haven't been, you know, out to eat with people, and they're like, well, I guess people do say that. They're vain. But, we'd, but you know, that's not a common word we use, and, and we sure don't seem to use it when we talk about prayer. But he said, when you pray, don't use vain repetition or empty repeating. Just repeating things. And notice this. Vain repetition as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. In other words, I can just say it a lot, and God's going to have to hear me, and he's going to do something. Jesus said, don't do that. Why is he telling you don't do that? Would he tell you not to do that because it's effective? Because if it was effective to do that, he would say long prayers are important. Just pray and pray and pray and pray and pray and pray. Maybe, maybe wear God down and he'll finally go, all right, enough is enough. I'll give it to you. You know, like pa- parents and kids. You can't have that. Please, 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 please. No, please, 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 please. Just take it. Don't think you're going to get an answer that way from God because that's not how he does it. And he said they think that if you just keep on keeping on, keeping on, keeping on, keeping on, and you just wear God down, he'll finally give in and go, all right. I think we look sometimes at people who pray a lot and think, wow, they're spiritual. God must hear their prayer. But watch this. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things that you need before you ask Him. Now, He still wants you to ask, but isn't it interesting, His statement here? They're not going to get because they ask in volume. But then he turned and said, God's already to answer your prayer. That's the implication. He already knows what you have need of before you ask. So you don't have to keep going, God, 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 and just come on, come on, come on. Because he's already ready to answer your prayer. As a matter of fact, he said, if you would ask, you would receive. And so, there are habits people have. And sometimes people think, you know, and you'll see it. I mean, on the internet, we live in an age where, you know, we see the secrets of people. And they're laid right out there. And somebody will be facing something, they'll just say, everybody pray. Everybody pray. Everybody keep praying. Keep praying. Keep praying. Well, when, when do you think we should stop praying? 
many people would say, well, when you see the answer. But that is not the way the Bible teaches. Are you with me? I mean, what if you were an Amazon customer and you have, you know, Amazon privileges and you happen to know their number, so you order something and you keep calling going, where is it, where is it, where is it? Come on, come on, come on, come on. We would think, you know, and those employees that work there would go, give us a break. Because if you work there and this happens, you would go, we sent it the first day. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible that where a guy prayed and 21 days later, this angel showed up and he said, the first day you prayed, I was sent. But I was hindered from arriving because there was demonic opposition. But he said the first day, but some people would think, well, I just got to keep praying, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. And then therefore God finally heard me on the 21st day. When he didn't hear you on the 21st day, he heard you on the first day. Notice this in Luke 18. Luke 18. Everybody, everybody doing well today? Luke 18. How should we pray? Should we pray a lot? I mean, if you had somebody ask you something, and uh, you told them, you know, I'll give you this if you ask, and they just kept asking and asking and asking and asking and asking, wouldn't you say there's no need to keep asking? Now notice this in Luke 18, verse 10. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. Well, that doesn't mean much for us today. A Pharisee was a real religious person back then that kind of was supposed to be some kind of spiritual leader. And a tax collector was worse than the IRS. Okay? Tax collectors back in that day were crooked. Meaning they would collect taxes for the government, but they would also be collecting for themselves. You know what I mean by that? Uh, you owe 12. I thought, and then they would give 10 to the government and keep two for themselves. And that's a known fact. We can even see stories of people who came to know the Lord who had been cheating people and they were tax collectors and they finally, when they had a real encounter with the Lord, they said, We've, I've cheated people, I'm going to pay them back and I'm going to do it this way. Are you with me? Tax collectors, so in this story he's showing two people. One that people would think, oh, because he's religious... He's got to get his answer to prayer. And the other is just a, the worst of the worst, so he's not going to get an answer to prayer. That would have been the opinion of the people back then. Religious, he's going to get an answer. Non-religious, can't get an answer. So he describes these two people on this spectrum. And he said, the Pharisee stood and prayed thus by himself. Or like this, God, I thank you. I'm not like the other men, like other men. Extortioners. Now, now wait a minute. Tax collectors were extortioners. They were like the mafia, you know. The squeeze, put the squeeze on and you're going to pay us. 
We're not like extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as the tax collectors. Boy, wouldn't that be a prayer meeting? Lord, I thank you. I'm not like Pastor Linda. Because <laughs> she thinks she's so awesome and everything. But, right? Isn't that what he's saying right here? I mean, not exactly Pastor Linda, but we all know what he's talking about. No, you know I'm kidding. But he is pointing out that somebody's praying and they're in a crowd with some other people and right there as they're praying, they're pointing out someone else's faults and basically saying, you know, I'm better than them. I deserve this. This is why when you go to pray, you don't be looking around at other people. And there's a thought to that. Look what he said, verse 12. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. In other words, he started pulling out his religious card... Uh, in his prayer time. Are you with me? You know, some people don't realize they often are pulling out their religious card in their prayer time. But it's kind of like, you know, you ever gone to a place and you've been there a few times and they say, do you have a rewards card? And then they're like, and, you know, of course, you don't want to be that person. Oh, you're a regular now. Anyway, and then they're like, here's your card, and we'll give you a few stamped extra ones. And eventually, you get many stamped ones, and you're like, I can exchange this. And he was thinking like this, you know. I do all these religious things. I serve in children's church. You know, I'm there every Sunday. Uh, you know, I do all these things. And uh, therefore, Lord... And what, but then the opposite could be true too of your religious card. Oh Lord, I'm praying and I haven't been doing as I should. I've been not tithing and I know I'm supposed to be giving and, and uh, I know I'm supposed to be kind and I'm not real kind. Okay, I'm not kind at all. And people start doing this. And and they're trying. And what happens is, is it's both sides of the thing. One, he thinks I deserve it. The other thinks, by my own merit, I don't deserve it. Notice the next one. And the tax collector in verse thirteen, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his chest or his breast, saying, "God, be merciful to me." A sinner. In other words, I don't have all the qualifications to get a prayer answered that the other guy has to get a prayer answered. And be merciful to me, a sinner. Now understand this, when he says a sinner, a sinner literally means this, one who misses the mark. To sin just means to miss the standard. And so he basically said, Lord, I haven't hit the standard. And Jesus then, after he describes these two people praying, 
He said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. In other words, the one got the answer, the other didn't. For everyone who exalts himself Let that sink in. You never tried to water something and the water sat on top and you just stopped with the hose and you let it sink in so you could put more there? Because sometimes you can read over something and miss it. And when he said everyone who exalts himself, what, what did he mean everybody who exalts himself? And he who humbles himself will be exalted. You could say it like this. The one who humbled himself got the answer. The one who wouldn't humble himself uh, didn't get the answer. Well, wh what, what does it mean to humble? What, uh, to non-humble means if I humble myself, I lower. Not, not, not thinking bad about myself, just not exalting my position. You could say it like this, and we're going to look at some scriptures. One prayed in his own name, and the other didn't pray in his own name. In other words, when you pray in your own name, you pray according to your own merit. What you've earned. How come you're doing this for them, Lord? I pray more than them. That's praying in your own name or your own merit. Jesus said that is not the way you get answers to prayer. Isn't it interesting? He said you don't get prayers answered for praying a bunch. Then you don't get prayers answered because you exalt yourself or based on your own merit. Or you could say it like this, in your own name. So, and most people don't go up and say, in the name of David. In the name of Sally. They don't use that term because, boy, that would sound really harsh, wouldn't it? I'm going to go pray and I'm like, in the name of Linda, Pastor Linda. We, we don't come on our own merit is what he's trying to get across. Why do you or why can't I or you get answers to prayer? Turn to 1 John 2. We get answers to prayer on his merit, not our merit. On what he earned, not what we earn. And I know in our society, it is ingrained in us often that you get what you deserve and you earn what you get. And I understand that kind of thinking where you want to work hard and do things like that, but you can't cross these two ideas about prayer and earning. Are you with me? Look at this right here. 1 John 2. I mean, how many people have tried to earn their own salvation? Well, I'm good enough. I'm, I'm good enough. You know, how many people have said this, and maybe we've all had conversations like this, and maybe they don't sound exactly like this, but we're, we're at work or we're hanging out at somewhere and we're talking to somebody and the Lord comes up and, and somebody will say, well, I'm just going to take my chances, you know, because I've been better than all these other people and I know some people who say they're Christians and I'm better than them. 
what they're basically saying is my own name, my own merit will earn my way into heaven. And according to the Bible, that doesn't work, and we're going to see it. And we recognize that people do have this mentality where they just think, you know, um, I've been better than them. So basically they're saying in my name or what I've earned, uh, you know, I'm going to get in. Are you with me? And sometimes people can realize this is wrong, give their life to the Lord, have a glorious salvation experience and go, man, I have true, real life now. But then they go to pray and they depend on the Lord and after a while they've been doing good and then all of a sudden they mess up somewhere and think, great, I don't deserve an answer to prayer. Because what they've done is they've switched back to praying in their own name and didn't even know it. I don't deserve it. You didn't deserve getting saved. That's why the Lord did it. You don't deserve getting your answer to answers to prayer. prayer. It's because the Lord paid for it. Are you with me? And I know that can sound odd. Now, we're not teaching go live any way you want to. But we are saying you don't earn answers to prayer. You don't. Notice this, 1 John 2.20. I'm sorry, 2 verse 1. My little children. Now he was talking to his spiritual people he was over. He said, my little children, I write to you so that you may not sin. He wrote these things so that they wouldn't sin. And if anyone sins. So I wrote these so you wouldn't sin, but if you do sin, and how many know people do sin? Even... Even the most holy people don't hit the mark all the time. You know, they, they may do some things and, and miss the mark. So he said, my little children, these things I write to you that you may not sin. And if anyone sins, we have an advocate or a lawyer, or you could say it like this, one who pleads for us before God. Who, an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And He Himself is the propitiation, which is a great word. You could say it like this, He's your payment. He said He pleads for you before God, and He Himself is the payment for your sin or your wrongdoing. So if we do wrong, Jesus is before the Father pleading for you, and He already paid for your wrong. So what's He up there doing? He's not up there going, oh yeah, they're a blow it. No, He's up there going, I paid for that. I paid for that. This is what, if you could see into the Spirit, 
he presented his blood for his people and for the world so they could receive him. And he is up there going, I've washed them. That's already covered. Now let's keep reading. And not for ours only, but also for the whole world. In other words, he didn't just pay for ours, he paid for the world's. That's why we go tell them to receive him. Because they're receiving him and calling on his name, not their own name. Because remember, when we use the word in the name, we're talking about the merits or what's earned by the name. So when I pray in my name and say something like this, God, you know, I blew it. Um, yeah, 127 times if we're counting that same thing. But then you'll hear people say like this, something like this, and they don't realize they're starting to pray in their own name. They go like this, but I'll never do it again, just forgive me. They're, they're, they're saying, do this in my name. Lord, this is the first time I've ever done something like this, and it is a doozy, I know. But think about it, Lord, I've never done this before. You know I'm not going to do it again. Forgive me. What are they doing? They're praying in their own name. Their own merit. Are you with me? And who is the one who pleads before God? You or Jesus? Now notice verse, and he goes and teaches some different things, but notice verse 12. I write to you little children. Now remember, he was writing to the little children and he said, you people who, you know, I've led to the Lord. He called them children really in the faith. He said, uh, I write these things to you so you don't sin, but if you do sin, there's somebody named Jesus who is our Savior, who's already paid for it. And now he picks up in verse 12, he said, I write to you little children because your sins are forgiven you for His name's sake. Not your own name's sake. Not how you've pled and said, Oh Lord, I'll never do it again. How many of us have ever done that and said, Lord, I know I blew it. Forgive me. I won't do it again. And then we did it again and we felt more condemned because we're trying to do it in our own namesake or what we're earning and then we're heaping condemnation on ourselves going, man, I blew it again. I can't believe I did it. And I guarantee you there will be an accuser there called the enemy of your soul telling you and reminding you of the times you forgot you missed it too. Amen. So if you see the thought here, we don't get our sins forgiven in our name because we earned it. We get answers because He earned it. He already paid for it. And so we need to be careful when we go to pray. We're not trusting, this may sound odd, we're not trusting in ourselves. Well, everybody would go, well, I'm a Christian. Of course I trust in the Lord. But the minute I start saying, Lord, I'll never do that again, uh, so forgive me, I I'm 
working on trusting in myself. Just don't bring it up. Just go, you already paid for this. Thank you, I'm clean. That's, for His name's sake, I'm clean. For what He earned and gave. When it goes to my name's sake, I go, Lord, you know, I've missed it 12 times. I won't do it again. Yeah, I know I did it again. We're, we're trying to approach Him on our own merit, or you could say it like this, in our own name. And that could be a tough road because then what you do when you miss it is you heap it on yourself and you keep a list of all these times you've missed it and we're not doing what he said considering that there's one in heaven that's already paid the price for you missing it and he's up there saying, I cleanse them. I paid for that. So we're clean by his namesake. Are you with me? Notice this in Galatians, the second chapter. We're going to look at a couple of verses real quick here. And these things are so important to get out of our system. Because when we really start praying in his name, we're going to give glory to him because we're going to go, man, I didn't deserve that no matter how good I am. I got the answer to that because of him. Otherwise, if I'm starting to think I deserve it, I'm going to start taking glory to myself because I prayed in my name. It's based on my merit, based on my earnings, and look at me. And when we do it properly, we aren't going to be looking at us. We're going to be looking more to Him. Are you with me? And when we look more to Him, it will do something to our faith. Galatians 2 Verse 16, it says this, Knowing that a man is not justified or declared right by the works of the law or the good deeds he does, but by faith in Jesus Christ, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified or declared right by faith in Christ and not by works of the law or good deeds. For by the works of the law or by good deeds, no flesh will be declared right before God. Well, Romans 10.13 says, because Jesus paid for all of your wrong deeds, now think about it, we can call upon His name and be saved. In other words, the name is connected to something that's paid for. Let me say that again. The name, if you are ever commanded to use the name, it's connected to or feel bad or paid for. No wonder when people uh, feel good or feel bad after they get done praying. Well, Lord, I've been doing good lately. And there is something to be said about doing right. But that is not why you're forgiven. And we shouldn't live and be all lifted up and then leave, or I'm sorry, leave prayer and be all lifted up because what I've done, nor should I leave prayer and be dejected because of what I've done, so to speak. Are you with me? What we need to do is realize 
if we really are living by faith, we're going to trust what He said. And if He said, I paid for it, think about it. If I paid for their sins forgiven, we already know prayer, a huge part of prayer, is knowing what He already paid for. Not what He wants to answer for you, but really what He's already paid for, it's already there. Are you with me? That is a huge part. So turn to John 16. And this to me is super interesting because this right here, uh, this section, and we taught on this for a while, a while back, about how in the 13th chapter of John, this is all like a day before Jesus is taken and, uh, you know, and run through the gauntlet, so to speak, you know, the crown, the beating, the you know, before Herod and all that stuff and then is crucified. I mean, he taught this right before this because what he was doing was he was trying to get them the final instructions so that when I leave, things are going to change. They're going to be different. Are you with me? And so here in John 16, he, he's... It's one of these last things he's teaching. And in the 23rd verse, he said, And in that day, uh, you will ask me nothing. See, uh, up until then, they were asking Jesus for stuff. He said, In that day, after I die and I rise, you don't ask me for anything. Most assuredly, or absolutely, I say to you, Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give it to you. Don't pray in your own name or based on your own merit or what you think you've earned. Don't pray thinking I deserve it because of me. You should pray thinking you deserve this because of Him. And when He said pray in my name... It's basically, remember, when you pray in the name, you're connecting what's earned. So when I pray to God and say, Ah, Lord, I wish you'd forgive me this time, but I know I didn't earn it, and I leave dejected, I'm praying in my own name. Lord, you know, you healed so-and-so, and I see that they're there about once a month at best. You need to heal me. You're praying in your own name. In other words, you're saying, I've earned this. And he said when you pray, what you're going to need to do is you're going to, in that day, start praying in my name. Or you could say it like this, uh, we pray in his name because he earned it for you. He earned it for you. I remember when I first got saved, I saw some of these verses in the Bible and thought, whoa, this is incredible. I can just ask in His name. It's that simple. It's not based on me. And I remember I would pray and get some cool results. He even told the disciples in Mark 16, go out and use my name. It's because He earned it. 
in, in dealing with the devil and dealing with sickness and dealing with different things, uh, getting people filled with the Spirit, all this stuff he said, getting people saved, just go do it in my name. Why? Because you could say he earned it and his name is connected to what he earned. Are you with me? Now notice this though. When he said in my name, he will do it. He meant because he earned it. So I was saying when I first got saved, I saw some of this and I remember right away, everything I prayed, I said, Lord, like I'd pray over the food. And I was with this friend, we'd be at work and he was a Christian and I'd say, Lord, thank you for this food. Bless it in Jesus name. Or we'd sometimes ride together and we'd pray before we got driving, you know, we're young Christians in the Lord and let's pray, all right, and you pray this time. So I'd pray and I'd say, Lord, protect us, you know, everywhere we go in Jesus' name. Finally, he said, why do you do that? I'm going to do what? He's like, every time you always pray, you always pray, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And some people don't realize, they're like, Lord, protect us, you know, I'm serving you in my name, is what I just got done saying. And, uh, and, and I said, well, look at these verses, and he's like, wow, you know, he's new too, Wow. That's why you do it. And it's based on him then, not you. Because if you read in the 14th chapter and 13th verse, he said, whatever you ask in my name, he said, I'll do it. Why? Because he earned it. Not you. I remember another guy uh, that worked with us. We were getting ready one day to leave uh, and he was with me and and, and it was my company truck, but I made him drive because I wanted to read my Bible and, and take a nap because we had about an hour drive. And I thought, this is great. Go to work, get to read, make him drive, read my Bible. I still remember what I was reading that day when what happened happened. So I went and bowed my head and prayed and, and he heard me do the, in Jesus' name. He said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just praying for protection. Now, this guy didn't know the Lord. He didn't walk with the Lord. He lived in the world all the way. He had both feet, everything. He wasn't looking out. And uh, he said, dude, I don't need your prayers. I said, okay. So I bowed my head again. And I prayed again, and he heard me pray. And I said, Lord, take your hand of protection off of us, but don't let us get killed or anything, But uh, just so we don't get hurt. But take your hand off of us in Jesus' name. And he goes, whatever. And we're driving down the freeway, and I'm reading the story about Samson. Still remember. And I remember we're on the 55 freeway, we're cruising along, traffic's moving great, and you know, they have a big sweeping turn, and all of a sudden, there's traffic stopped. He hits the brakes, and it's a new truck. I should have thought this prayer out better. It's my truck. My work truck. And I remember he hit the brakes, and it just all of a sudden went into slow motion. And the front end started to slide out of the carpool lane, and there's a big 
truck, a lifted truck. So we just went right in front of his tire and just ripped our fender. So now it's all, hey, and it spins us quicker. So we spin all the way around. We smack all sides of my truck. Right front's tore, the left rear smashes into the center divider, which sends us perfectly back sideways, sliding this way. And I remember turning my head and looking and just seeing this little hatchback car with the trailer hitch that said, hi. <laughs> and we just went, uh, fully sideways, just got the whole side. I'm like, oh. And I remember this, I took my Bible and I closed it. And I remember him just having his head down going, oh, oh, like that. Like he was disgusted. And I remember turning and looking to him at him. And I, this is what I said. So you don't need my prayers, huh? <laughs> now, I wasn't praying in my name. I remember later on, a couple months later, we had the truck back. I was instructed by the owner of the company, don't you let him drive anymore. I remember we were further down the freeway uh, in South Orange County in Southern California, and we're on the freeway, and he said, yeah, I'm going down to Mexico. We're going to party and everything. And so I just said, well, I'll be praying for you. And I heard him say something. I said, oh, you don't need my prayers? And he just said, oh, no, 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 you, just, you, you could pray for me. You could, you could pray for me. I said, oh, okay. I thought he did say it. I wasn't being smart. I just thought he said, you don't need my prayers. And I thought, okay, then I'll just, then I won't pray. And I'll say, okay, Lord. But it's not me earning those. It's not you earning them. Notice, in my name, he will do it. In other words, by what he earned. Not my name. Not, not, not because I'm a minister or not because you serve or don't serve, but because we, we should serve because we were made to do that. But we pray in His name. Let's close with this. Let's read it again. Verse 23, And in that day you will ask me nothing. Why? Because He was about to die to pay for everything you would ever need. It's already paid for. We're not demanding anything based on our worth, but on what he paid for. And in that day, you will ask me nothing. Whatever you ask the Father, in my name, he will give it to you because he, Jesus earned it. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive... In other words, he basically said, wait and watch. When you start praying in my name, you're not demanding it based on your own worth, your own effort, your own achievements. You're asking it based on my achievements. That's why we look at the promises, to see what he already achieved for us. Then we can ask in his name, and we know God's going to be willing to do it, uh, and he's going to do it in his name. And, he, and then he said this, so that you might be depressed. Know that your joy might be full. Why? What will happen? You start seeing your prayers get answered, not based on your own worth, but on His worth, it'll make your joy full. You'll be like, wow, this works.
I didn't even have to pay for it. I didn't have to earn this. I asked in his name. And he did it. Amen.